This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 47, Back to School Resolutions. I seriously cannot believe we are sitting here talking about back to school. I know. Was it like four days ago that summer started or is that just me? (laughs) That is correct. Summer started four days ago. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, we always record like a couple weeks at least in advance and whatever. So at the time of recording this, we're like still sweating. Actually, let's be honest. We're in Arizona. We will be sweating through Halloween. Correct. Why do we always talk about how hot Arizona is? Because right now, it's can we really, think of anything else to talk about? Right now, that is all that Arizona is. In the winter, it's so many other things, oh but right gosh. now, it is just oppressively hot. Yeah, it's a little hot. So anyway, the thing is, is that here in Arizona, and this isn't true for every single school, but for the most part, a lot of us are starting right now-ish, right? Some schools started, like Molly Ashton, her kids yeah. started last week. Yeah, right. At the time of recording right. this, our right? kids so start even, yeah. in like First, six days. Yes. So by the time this airs, we will have already started school. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the point of why we wanted to record this now and air it when we are, because our kids might be starting the first week of August, but Mm -hmm. you might be in an area where you start after Labor Day. I don't know about you, Beck, but I grew up in Maryland. You grew up in New York, so maybe it was similar. Oh, yeah. We started after Labor Day. Yeah, after Labor Day. So, you know, there's no normal. There's no normal, and who cares? It's funny, because someone actually on my Instagram the other day, I was talking about how I'm just so not ready for school to start back up. Yeah. And this person said, "Ugh, another reason to not live in Arizona. And I kind of felt like a little tinge of offense. Arizona is I'm like, what wonderful. do you mean another reason? Like, I love Arizona. I love it so much. And I'm a transplant. So are you. So I've anyway, lived in New York. I love it. It's just I've hot. I've lived in California. I've lived mm-hmm. in Utah. And I've lived in Florida. And Arizona is by far my favorite place that we have lived because yes it is horrendous and for a few for a few months it's not even a few months I think it's a few months really bad July and August are pretty bad but like June is fine September I feel fine no September is no listen like you know better schedule a trip to DC (laughs) we have my husband has a work conference he goes to in DC every year that I'm like there yeah because it's because September in Arizona, it's the, and yeah. so it makes me feel like <laughs> I'm participating in the seasons. But. That's the thing, as we both grew up in areas that have like true seasonal changes during seasons, actual seasons, and so for me, that's why September is hard. We use scented because, candles. I have a great love of scented candles oh, because yeah. it is the only way <laughs> that you start feeling like it's to, fall. <laughs> to like mark the passing of the seasons. If you really want to hate Arizona... Let me tell you about no, yesterday. Nobody should hate Arizona. Don't hate Arizona. Arizona Arizona's really is my amazing. favorite. Come on. But another thing that is a fun Arizona fact yeah. is your pool in the summer, in certain summer time, and, and yesterday was the first time that we crested into this glorious milestone, your pool becomes <laughs> very warm. Like you get in and it's like warm like it doesn't it doesn't cool you off yeah you just have to get in and get out and then hope there's wind to cool you (laughs) off and I'm telling you I have a pretty big pool it's nine feet deep and we just crested the like darn it our pool is warm I think our pool is like 93 93 but who's complaining because in the winter do you guys not swim in the summer or in the winter I swim we swim all year round right yeah, so that's and the thing. And I love it. That's the thing. There's but so I much to love I thought you'd like about. to know that little fun fact. So I just want to say, 
like, you know, really announce that I am not offended by the, the comment I was, I had to choose to not be offended. Cause I was like, what do you mean? Another reason to not love Arizona. We love Arizona. So I really love it. Anyway, here we are. We are back to school in this awesome season. That's why we're so excited about this episode because it's so easy for us to think and focus on the kids experience with back to school. But what we want to focus on is, um, is us too, right? Mom. Right? It takes a little intentional thought work, a little bit like stepping back and making a plan because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Exactly. And we set the tone for how this is going to go. We totally how it all do. goes down. That is where we're going to focus our attention in this conversation that we're about to have today. So let's real quick touch on two things. First thing is our iTunes review. And this comes from Mama Lala 76. Which, that is by the, the best. Way, Nate if she ever. was born in 76, so was I, if that oh. happens to be the reason for her 76. So go us. All right. She says, after picking out a few episodes that called to me, in air quotes, I listened and I realized fairly quickly, these ladies were adding so much needed perspective to my life and genuinely uplifting me. I've enjoyed podcasts here and there, but this is so relatable and helpful, all caps. I loved it so much, I decided to start all the way back to episode one, and I find a gem in every episode. It's my favorite podcast to date. <gasps> Super nice. Mama Lala. Mama Lala. Thank 76. You. Don't forget the 76. She's my girl. We're glad you love it. Yes, we are. So much. Thank you very much for the review. Thank you guys for leaving your reviews, and as always, for sharing about the podcast with your friends. Okay, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. Back to school time is upon us, and if you're like us, you have spent many hours getting your kids all the supplies they need to have a great school year. We seriously commend everybody for the marathon that is back to school prep time, and we think it's time to treat yourself. Just like we get our kids the best and most functional backpack, there is no better time to get yourself our favorite mama accessory, the Ryla Pack. You hear us talk about how much we love the minimal design, functionality, and impeccable quality of the Ryla Pack. And just like your kids, you too can get a bag that will help to set you up to crush it the whole school year long. I love things that help me to be organized because once we hit the ground running, I feel like I live out of whatever bag I'm carrying. And my Ryla pack has been a permanent fixture on my body for almost a year. Me too. You guys know that. Okay, so head to rylapack.com and treat yourself to a brand new backpack this back to school season. And make sure you use the code Becky15 to get yourself 15% off everything at Ryla anytime, all the time. I'm excited because per usual, we have no script or outline. <laughs> this is, if you're, you know, I say this time and time again, I don't want you to think that we're not scripting because we're lazy. Oh, no, no, we're not. No, we're prepared. Really? We want this podcast to be conversations between girlfriends. And those are my favorite kind. Yeah. Like, we want you to feel like you're sitting here with us discussing the like, highs and lows and fears and triumphs I have to say school starting I do value podcasts that are very like you know they're hitting every single point and mm -hmm. there's no tangents I do find value in those as well it depends oh, on what totally. I'm in the mood for that's just not our platform that's just not how we designed this and so we hope that you enjoy sitting in in this conversation we feel you here with us. We know that you guys are thinking about this too, as school's getting ready to gear up for most of us. So let's dive in and let's talk about 
what's on our minds with the new school year. I, my heart and my mind have been like bursting at the seams Mm -hmm. with thoughts for myself. And I have like super mixed feelings because I really love having my kids home with me. Like I really do. Like the chaos doesn't bother me per se. Um, I love it. Like it's the happiest kind of crazy there is. I agree. And also Mm. I want to be left alone. And I also (laughs) want to sit in a clean house for 90 minutes (laughs) and watch it not get messed up again. So I have mixed feelings. I'm like so ready for them to go back and so not ready for them to go back. You know, I'm tempted to say that most moms have mixed feelings, but I don't think that's true. I do think that we have moms who absolutely dread the new school year. They truly like get Mm -hmm. so deeply sad that their kids go back. And you and I both know moms that like, they're just kicking those tails to the curb. Like they can't get their kids out of the house fast enough. So we definitely find ourselves in the middle and my mixed feelings are, I echo everything that you said. And I know that you feel this way too, which is I also am so excited for my kids to have the kind of structure that Mm -hmm. I know that we all as human beings thrive on a little bit of structure. Yes. And summer for us as a family, we throw structure out the window. We historically have done that and it's actually served us really well, but it's usually about this time of year that I'm like, okay, I really need some structure Yes, (laughs) for you guys, for me. Right. Everyone's going to be like, well-oiled machines once we have that back in our life. Right. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with Well, and I think that's probably a great place to start is like, it's not like going back to school is going to solve any problems really, right? It's just a marked time where it's a good time to step back and establish like, what do you want for the next few months of your family's life? And one thing that I am super looking forward to is structure. Now, I could totally structure our summers and probably have the same result. We don't. We yeah. totally You've had summers like that, up. though. I have had summers like yeah, that, and I've sure. driven myself a little bit crazy. Um, we stay up way too late. We eat so many popsicles. Um, it's just really fun. And so, but I'm very excited to examine and to look at what my family is needing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to establish that structure and what that's going to look like. Well, and I want, before you go too much further, let me just like say something about this too. When we're thinking about examining where we are and how we're about to dive in, I've also been having the conversation with my kids about our attitudes as we go back to school, because Mm -hmm. I, I shouldn't say obviously, but in our family, obviously my kids struggle with the idea of going back to school because they love this extra freedom, the sleeping in, the non-scheduled. The Italian sodas, the, Italian the awesome sodas. food, the vacations. <laughs> I mean, there's yes. so much to love about summer. And what I tell them, I go I go pretty Jody Moore on them, right? We all love Jody, mm-hmm. And she's really helped me to understand um, the concept that there's a lot of circumstances such as going back to school that are truly neutral. Going back to school is not good or bad. It's just what it is. And we get to choose the thoughts that we have about going back to school. And so before we dive too deeply into our mom perspectives of like what we are feeling like we want for ourselves and our children and our families, I, I really, I really want us to also make sure that we're having those conversations conversations within our families and with our children to help them realize the power that they have and the, um, opportunity that they have with their agency to choose their attitude about going to school. It doesn't mean that it's still not going to be hard or stressful or bummer that like I validate my kids and feeling totally okay with having those very real feelings, but also 
And also they get to choose to be excited about X, Y, and Z. And so I'm helping them by like naming some of the things that they're looking forward to before school even starts. I find that, so my family split half, half, half the kids are dreading Mm -hmm. and half are so excited they can hardly sleep. I bet I can guess which ones. Right. (laughs) I have found that with the dreading children, Mm -hmm. a nice trip to Target and the purchasing of like a fun <laughs> notebook or a pencil box something or that's like a like me up. because yeah. is there anything better like that's one of my favorite things about back to school oh is like all the brand new like supplies, supplies. The fresh <laughs> pencils like I get so excited oh just my thinking about it and I don't even use them totally but like um that actually kind of helps the ones that are yeah. like lagging behind and that's okay bit. it's oh, okay totally. to use materialism because you got to get the supplies <laughs> anyway fine to bribe your children you've it's heard fine. it here first folks <laughs> whatever works for you yeah truly whatever works for you right okay so what are your thoughts then as you're trying to get your head in the right space and you're trying to make sure that you're in a good place as you really lead your family into this new season because that's what yes. it is What's new fresh start yeah. so I love that you said lead the family because it's true uh, my friend Cindy always says like you're setting the tone like you're setting the beat you're like the person who's setting the beat for your home and it's true like it's if I'm true. vocalizing yes. like am I looking forward to like my son starting early morning scripture class at like one o'clock in the morning not really (laughs) not really you guys (laughs) but like really early no like am I looking forward to like getting up and I cook breakfast every single day I know you, you think I'm crazy but I really do and there's good reasons like not super like I'm not super jazzed about like getting up early and breakfast planning and homework and like I'm not like, oh, yes, I can't wait. It's so awesome. But my attitude and how I approach things totally sets the tone for my kids. And so if they're hearing me complain and, like, talk about the school year with dread, like, obviously they feel like it's okay for them to then, like, be expressing dread, which sometimes, like, we start expressing things we don't really feel, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And um, so I have to be really Mm -hmm. careful about that. Well, they hear their peers expressing things like that, and so they... They think they should feel that way. Yes, it's socially... And um, demographically, like what happens, it's just what kids do. Oh, back to school, right? Mm -hmm. But we can help our kids realize they don't have to adopt those feelings just because they're being expressed by other people. Well, and you can control it. You can feel a negative thought or feel dread, much like I'm feeling right now. And also not like talk about it for four hours with right. everyone around you. Right. You know what I mean? For sure. And I want to add yeah. just one more um, kind of a, a different angle. It's the same message as what you're saying, because obviously you and I are thinking a lot alike in this way is that we do set the tone. And also as a reminder, I really, truly believe with all of my heart that as mothers, we are the heart of the home, like truly. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that that gets to be our role and our responsibility and our honor because our choices and our attitudes and efforts that we make are totally going to filter to the rest of the family. There's just no way around that. Yeah. There's no, we can't pretend. And whether or not you realize it, like it does. We can't pretend that that doesn't happen. Okay. So then what you're going to do mama. So one thing in my life is my husband is not the person in our family who's going to like be the one that starts goal setting conversations. Like he will continue that, but like he's really good at it. But I am usually the one who's thinking ahead to like, we probably should sit down and talk about expectations and goals for, you know, the school year or January is another time, you know, popular time that people do that. So what we like to do is we like to sit down, my husband and I first, and again, like I feel like sometimes 
if you're a wife who's like waiting for your husband to do something and then mad when he doesn't do it, like just take the bull by the horns. And I be was like, just going what, what to you, say what that. What are you feeling about goal setting? Like, also, should we talk about that? Time out really quick. Like, don't be mad at your husband if he's not taking that initiative. If I expected totally. David to be the one who's stepping up to do that, would I like him to? Sure. Is that him? Is that like his personality and what is innate in him? It isn't actually like not even a little bit. Well, actually. and if it has to do with your kids, yeah, I would say most of the time the mom is going to be the one to like foresee that conversation yes. needing to happen first because yeah. you're a little bit more on the front lines. A little bit more, for sure. Don't wait for your husband to take initiative and don't be upset with him if he's not. Right. Yeah. Or if your kids aren't. Your kids are not going to come to you and be like, I want to set some I goals. really would like to be successful this school year, mother. Can you help me get there? Like, I Can wish, but... Can you imagine? I think I would oh. die. You would find me dead on the floor Oh my gosh, my house. I would be like, excuse me right now while I like, cry, I and I'm going to weep and also maybe die. It's fine. <laughs> so I talk with my husband about what our expectations are, and let me be clear with this expectations. In the past, I have had very high expectations for my children. I really, really highly value um, education. And your ability to take advantage of all the opportunities given to you. Um, I am a firm believer that like a lot of times we're on pretty equal footing. It's our attitude with how we approach and take advantage of the opportunities placed before us that Mm -hmm. determine whether or not we succeed. Um, But I will say that our kids go to a pretty academic school and I have had expectations in the past of like, you can get an A, therefore you will get an A because you will be successful despite yourself. Like you will get an A if it's going to kill me and you Hmm. because you are capable of that and I will make you be as successful as you possibly can be. Also, (laughs) it made us all miserable. Like miserable. (laughs) And if I'm being totally honest. Thank you for being honest about this, by the way. Really? I can't hold back. I, just, I mean, thank you. Cause you're going to represent a lot of people. Cause I haven't been that way. Mm-hmm. And I love that we can be, we should be different in some aspects. So we can talk from both ends of the spectrum on that, right. because I think it's really important for you to have been that way in some seasons so that you can oh. be on the other side of it and realize that didn't mm-hmm. serve your family as best as now. Oh no. It is working out. I literally have an Did apology letter. Kids? that I have saved on my desktop so it's visible to me at all times. And it was an apology letter that I had to write to my son in sixth grade because I was being so hard on him for his lack of wanting to get an A. Look at you. And I like had to seriously be like, honey, I am so sorry. Like I had to really apologize because it was starting to create a really unhealthy dynamic. And one of the the strategies that I use as we're talking about expectations and goal setting um, came from a class I attended, and I wish I knew who said it. I will probably in 10 minutes. But he said that our job as parents is to help our children to fail safely and to have little failures. So you let your kid fail a test, fail whatever. You won't let them fail the entire school year. It's not like you just throw them to the wolves and best of luck to you. But failure is such a good teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if it becomes about, if grades become about adhering to my rules, then they're not really learning what they need to learn. That's not a skill you're going to take to your adulthood because you don't care about like bringing home a test from your work and your mom saying, great, now you have 30 minutes on the Xbox. Like mm-hmm. that's not, mm-hmm. that's not reality, right? And so what we're trying to cultivate is, lifelong learners and children who have self-esteem and who are assertive and who are 
learning and diving into knowledge, right? So for some of my kids, I will tell you, my house, again, is split pretty halvesies where two of my kids would, like, they are very driven um, at school. Like, I don't even have to check on them if they have homework, right? Like, they do it all themselves. They have a really strong... um, desire to like do their best in school so they're like self-propelling totally self-propelling self-reliant almost self-reliant in their education Mm -hmm. now they have other challenges and other things in their life that we're still working on and developing and then I have other kids who literally could not care less and basically who I have always felt like will reach whatever like minimum requirement they need to to stay out of trouble and and that's all they want to do and that made me so mad because naturally I err on the side of like wanting to do my best in school. Like I totally wanted to do my best because I just wanted to do my best. Right. Like, so you expect your kids are going to feel the same way. I relate to that, right? Totally. And um, so when we're talking about expectations, so my husband and I will sit down and say, okay, what are our expectations? And it can't for us anyways, maybe for you it can't be, but for us it can't be our kids all get A's. That is not an expectation that is realistic or, to be honest, healthy for us to establish in our home. And it's not really promoting the kind of growth I want to see in my kids. And so here, I'll just tell you what our, um, what our expectations are. Okay. Our expectations are you complete your homework. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not you complete it well. You complete your homework. So you, you can't have like incompletes on homework. Mm-hmm. Um, D's are not acceptable in our house. So if you get a D, like there is a consequence associated with that. It used to be C's and D's and we took that away because I want my kids to, to know failure in a safe environment before it counts so that when it counts, they've already learned that lesson of like, well, garbage, if I don't study, I'm going to get not a good grade and it's going to start to affect them, you know, their records and transcripts and whatever else. Learning to fail safely is like the hardest thing I have to do as a parent. I want to force them to be successful so bad. Like seriously. It's tempting. No, really. Of course we want them to be successful. That's a very innate and natural feeling. But why do we feel like success comes when we force someone to do it the way that we would do it? It doesn't work that way. And also you may develop anxiety. Like I did. Like, seriously. Speaking from experience. Seriously. Um, you did. I know this. Really? Because like, it was, I would lay awake at night, it. and uh-huh. I'm like, what does it mean that he totally didn't care about that? And and does that mean I'm a horrible parent? And we take it to this place of like, well, if my kid doesn't get A's, but they're capable of it, probably I suck as a mother because we want children who are wanting the best. And like, okay, when you're setting expectations with your kids, my recommendation and what has worked for us in our house is to set guidelines but you have to allow a little wiggle room within those guidelines so that they can fail and succeed when they choose to fail and succeed on their own and feel Mm -hmm. what success feels like and also feel what failure looks like I forever and always will appreciate your husband for what Taylor said to you which may or may not have been in the season of you feeling this increased anxiety over your kids. It was at the tail end of this. Okay. So then this makes perfect sense. It's like all of the dots are connecting because what you guys may have heard Becky talk about on the podcast before is Taylor said to you, 
our kids' successes and failures have absolutely nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge, huge, huge awakening for you because that's not how you were viewing it. You were totally tying your Mm -hmm. worth as a mother and as a human, really, to what your kids were doing or not doing and what they were doing well with or not well with. Right. You were connecting all of that when really all our role is to do is be the best version of a human that we know how to be to raise our children the best we can. Right. And the rest is up to them. They do. It has to be. It really has to be though. And that effort of having to scrap, like to be honest, intellectually, your kids are probably not all created equal that way. Like different strengths and weaknesses as it should be. And your adolescence in your childhood are, is the time to work and hone your abilities in overcoming things that you may struggle with. But if you don't have the chance to struggle, you don't ever have the chance to really like succeed, to really like rise up. It's and so that's true. what we want. Mm-hmm. Because I am telling you right now, when my kids go to college, I do not want to be feeling anxiety about their grades. I want them feeling the anxiety about their grades because that is what is developmentally appropriate. And you get to be their cheerleader. And then I get to be their cheerleader. Yep. Right? And mm-hmm. and so as we're trying to like move towards self-reliance and independence and being assertive academically, um, having those safe parameters of, again, you will not, not do your homework because that is a respect issue and you've given your word. Um, you know, as a member of a class that you will do your homework and we, it is our expectation that you uphold that integrity of doing your homework and, um, and and obviously D's and obviously F's are not allowed in our home. So if you get that, it's not like you're grounded. It just involves like, okay, well now we're going to be attending, um, office hours and staying after with the teacher so that we can fix whatever is going on. Anything that's needed for a little course correction. Little course correction. Mm-hmm. Make yep. it a little bit uncomfortable for them mm-hmm. so that they are spurred into thinking it was their idea to be successful. And isn't that yeah. our job as parents anyways? <laughs> to trick them into thinking that way. Right. So what I love about what you're saying is that what we're doing in that approach is that we're avoiding these extreme, like if you go like hardcore punishment, mm-hmm. I think that I think that there's trauma. I think that there's there is. mental and emotional trauma that can happen with that. So let's be really mm-hmm. careful to just remember that these are, they're children. They are still children. They're developing human beings. Exactly. And I also don't want my, you know, we talked about this in the Jody Moore episode. I don't want my children tying their self-worth to the external validator of an A on a test because there are lots of reasons to get A's. And also you can study your little brains out and there are a lot of situations where you won't get an A and that is not a reflection of your worth as a human being. Right. As we are developing humans, we need to be like honoring them. I don't want to say building them up because I'm not about like overinflating egos and saying, you're awesome even if you fail. That's not what I'm saying. It's not awesome to fail because failure in that way leads to other things and, you know, leads, leads to patterns of failure, right? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is my child's self-worth is not, my love is not predicated on them being a straight A student and my worth as a mother is not predicated on my children being straight A students. And so what you're saying, if I'm understanding you right, is that you and Taylor have these conversations together as husband and wife and as mm-hmm. parents, and then you take it to the family. We take it to the family okay. and we have a discussion as a family okay. and say, guys, the school year's coming up. We're so excited. Weston, you're going to high school this year. That's so cool. What are you thinking 
you know, you want, you want that experience to look like, what kind of person do you want to be? Like, what do you, what, what, what are you feeling like this experience should be? And we talk together as a family and then Taylor and I will share with them, okay, these are the expectations, which probably we don't even have to say anymore because we've had the same expectations for so long, but, um, it's good to review. It is, you know. In fact, it's your good homework. to just ask the kids, "Hey, hey guys, we've been doing this right. for a number of years. We've been right. a family all these years. Why don't you refresh for us without Dad and I talking? Yeah. Why don't you guys refresh with one another and let's hear you guys um, restate what mm-hmm. are the expectations in this family and let them take ownership instead Ooh, like of us that. like refreshing mm-hmm. their memories. Because then it becomes their ownership. Like it you is. said, it becomes their expectation for themselves for sure, which is a really great place to be. Um, another new expectation that we have discussed with our son who's starting high school is, um, we have an expectation that he is going to try one club and one sport. Okay. And this is something we came up with him. Um, so he knows it's coming and he has been thinking and preparing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, like one sport and one club throughout the entire year, throughout the entire so year. freshman year, you've mm-hmm. got to do at least one sport try one and sport. at least one club. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at least one club. Great. And he can do whatever he wants. Now, he's probably really receptive to that, I imagine. He's probably so, like, Yes no? and no. I okay. mean, it really depends on the day. Okay. But <laughs> I think um, he, with the sport thing, he knew, because he's, he's not um, like he's not like totally driven by sports. He has always been athletic and participates in sports, but it's not, but like, it's not like a passion for live him. Live and die kind yeah. of a thing. Um, he, well, he involves a wide variety acti- of activities. It's not like he's like a soccer kid and that's kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the club thing, I think, is a little bit more uncomfortable for him where he's not sure where he's going to end up with that. But the other caveat of that, I will say, is that when you give your kid an expectation like, do I know what club I want him to do? Duh. I have the top three choices in my head and pray that he asks me. <laughs> However, you if, always he know cho- if he chooses to like join the basket weaving club, like that fulfills the expectation. Totally. And like, I and can't has, say anything about well, it. He has ownership of that. And he might exactly. love the basket weaving club. By right. the way, if that's a real thing, count me I in. was going to say, I that could do that all day long. I would have been in that club in a heartbeat if right? they offered that in my little teeny tiny school. The important takeaway from this part of the conversation is sit down with your, with whoever you're parenting with, with your spouse Discuss what your expectations are prior to having that conversation and then bring your kids in. Ask their opinions. I think when you have mutual respect in families, you yield a lot better results. I don't know very many people that were nagged into like successful results Mm, and it causes a lot of friction along the way. Tension. it does. Hardened relationships. And, and your education and schooling is not the point of your life. It's part of cultivating a good life. And so let's make sure we're looking at this as like a whole thing and one last thing before we move on to to some other thoughts but moms get right with yourself and untie your self-worth from these expectations that we have for our kids and I think it's also I've read a lot of books about what is developmentally appropriate um it's very hard you know with kids you I have kids varying skill levels and all the things and um Sometimes there are things that one kid's very good at that one kid sucks at, and that's okay. Like, totally is okay. And it's appropriate. It is developmentally appropriate. Totally. It, it really has been helpful for me as a mom to actually learn what is and is not developmentally appropriate for boys and for girls of different ages so that I make sure that I'm, like, giving them expectations that will help to promote success and is not going to be something I need to, like, 
be spoon feeding them and Mm -hmm. creating this really unhealthy dynamic. So Mm -hmm. getting right with myself as we're making like the structure for the school year, because I have a tendency, I don't know this about you because sometimes Becky shocks me. Like she (laughs) is like a recovering perfectionist, (laughs) but she also knows how to like totally let go better than anyone else. Like, wow. Like she's not a structure Nazi. Like Mm -hmm. you would, you know, you think like a perfectionist type personality, you'd think, oh, that person's probably really like regimented with their structure. You're actually not like that. That's correct. And, um, I have a tendency to really find like, uh, comfort, I guess, in that or like organization in that. And so, um, setting on, like, it's so good to be like, we're going to wake up every day we're going to run three miles and we're going to read scriptures for an hour and a half and we're going to snuggle and then we're all going to get A's on tests. That sounds great. And you're all going to look great every day and remember to brush your teeth. Like I'm exhausted. That's not going to happen. Like be realistic with be realistic. Meet the needs of your family. Don't compare yourself to like, well, the Johnsons go do CrossFit every day with their kids. Well, okay. Maybe that's what the Johnsons kids need. Yeah. What does your family need? Not at like, a visual level, but at a core level of the development of human beings, mm-hmm. what does your family need? Okay. So I want to take that, um, to, um, I'm going to add to what you've shared before, before we go any further. Cause I feel like this is, um, just as, as important as what you've shared, what you're talking about really is a, is a meaningful conversation that you have as a family. And the term we like to use sometimes is like family council, right? Mm-hmm. Like you sit down as a family and the word council, I love because it means that everyone's on equal plane. And that's why I like to emphasize that having the kids be the ones to speak up and say the things over the parents is sometimes very, very valuable. This is where my personal thoughts have gone with regards to this back to school, like, family council and this conversation, this dialogue that we want to have together is I really, and again, remember this is personal. So Becky, what you've emphasized is more on the academic aspect in terms of expectations. And this is what, you know, the school experience is going to look like for me, because in our family, we happened to just go through a big move. Um, and you know, not just coming out of summer, but we've also had this huge transition And my life looks different than it did six months ago Mm -hmm. because of the experience I had with anxiety and the changes that I've made in my life accordingly. And so really where my thoughts go are, I want to have this family council. I'm inspired by you to talk about expectations because while I think that we've probably done that in some way over the years, in fact, I'm pretty confident we have. I've never thought of it as like, this is the tradition. This is the thing that we'll do. And I feel really like more intentional than I have in years past about making sure that as I open that dialogue, I give the kids the chance to review with us what they think the expectations are, just like we talked about. Well, and it can go further too than academics. Like, well, that's totally, that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. So I don't want to cut you off, but like, that's totally where I'm pointing is because of our family's circumstances, I, and the way that this summer has shaped up and not just like lack of schedules, but there's just been so much like change and coming and going and, and our kids have had lots of friends and that's all good things. But part of what I look forward to the most in terms of like structure, which Mm -hmm. I say with air quotes, because like, I don't know what else to call it is I really, um, I am thirsty for my family to be better connected And so we're going to take what you've talked about with the academic expectations. And also as a reminder for all of us, think about 
at, at the end of the day and at the highest level possible, what is it that we want for our family? When we say begin with the end in mind, this is what I'm talking about. Right. So when I think about what I really, this is, okay, let me just step back for a second. When Becky, you said at the beginning, getting our head in the right space, mom sets the tone, mom's the heart of the home. We know this, this is our role. This is our responsibility. When I think about that responsibility as a, like a legit responsibility, then I think, well, what do I want for my family? Before I even take this into conversation, I ask myself, what do I want for my family? And I've really been thinking about how much I want that connection to be even stronger. Well then, okay, so now I've got this seed planted in my head. If I want a stronger connection to my family, and a lot of this you know, because I like can hardly not tear up when I think about the fact that I only have two more years with our oldest. Mm. Porter is going to graduate in two years, and then yeah. off into the world he goes, right? And so when I think about that that ticking clock, which it is for every single one of us that has children. It's just a ticking clock and we should be present. We should not think, Oh, I only have two more years. I should not be thinking that I should think more. It doesn't matter what age or stage my kids are in. They are in front of me right now. This gift that I have of a family is in front of me right now. So if I want stronger connections, then what does that mean? Well, for me, that means that I need to make some choices in my day-to-day so that the structure of my daily is designed and cultivated in a way that when my children are home, because you know that schedules are about to get busy, not just school, sports, and activities and things like that, then I am truly as present as I can possibly be with them. So that's a very personal application Mm -hmm. of what all this means to me. And so now that I know that, then as we open up this dialogue in family council and we have this back to school conversation and we talk about expectations and goals and, you know, I want to share this theme that I've been thinking about and feel impressed to share with my family, which is about connection. Then without me even diving in further, I'm going to turn the mic over to them and ask them as a family, what do you guys feel makes us feel the most connection and individually between you and me, mother and child or parents and child, what do you feel the most, how do you feel the most connected to us Mm -hmm. on an individual level? And I feel like that global or family part of the dialogue and the individual part of the dialogue is just as important to have as the academic expectations. And so I invite all of us to consider that as we are back to school and back into this new season and and looking at this as a fresh approach is thinking it doesn't have to be about connection for me mm-hmm. it, it is right because that's what I really desire well, because that's the need of your family right now correct I love that you said that too we actually do um a family theme too mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about that one year when my kids were switching schools our theme was we can do hard things um another time was growing deep roots like and um I usually come up with the theme based on like what I think the needs of our sure. family are, right? Sure, makes sense. But then as we go throughout our days, that theme is reiterated again and again in lots of different ways. And um, it helps it helps us all to like, get on the same page and totally. working towards common goals together. Totally. And that's where I'm coming from with that is I'm so excited because at the time of recording, these are my personal impressions and thoughts and nudges that I've been feeling for the past couple of weeks, but I can't wait to have the conversation with my family because I want them to tell me, Mm -hmm. I want them to be, to call the shots and to take ownership of what that looks like. Because then what that means, for example, is maybe I, I 
totally predict that one of the kids will say, well, we could probably like limit our time on our technology, our devices, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's kind of a universal truth. If you want more connection, right. like put the dang phone down, put down the Xbox, put yeah. down the games. Right. Um, but my kids know, like I totally treasure downtime and alone time. I respect that for everybody. So we're a big fan of like, Mm-hmm. have the balance. And so when we have this dialogue about connection, which I really like to your point of what you're saying can be like a theme for our school year, mm-hmm. then the kids get to take ownership in um, being very involved and in front of what that looks like. And right. so I'm really excited about that. I'm really That's like feeling be a good fun conversation. I think so too. I think we'll probably put a few things in writing, mm-hmm. you know, just almost like a little like mini, not proclamation, but like, yeah. here's our, here's our, yeah, here's our thing. Here's our statement as a family that we came up with together. That's not mom and dad shoving anything down our throats. Right. And that's what we can always go back to. And so, yeah, that's my thought. I might even make really a good meal that. to go with it. I was just going to say, we actually Hold do. Your horses. Oh, sorry. I may or may not. I'm just oh. saying I may cook a good meal. Well, I do every year. We have <laughs> a back to school dinner and this I love is that. kind of like our little like, yay, back to school, yeah. getting everyone. Make it positive. Um, yes, make it positive and it's usually not fancy, but it's just fun. It's like a fun way to celebrate the start of another year. I feel inspired to do something with that. You know why? Do you know why? Because I'm awesome. Let me tell you why. Why? Because remember that one time, Valentine's Day, and you and Carrie <gasps> sprung on me this whole like decorating oh, that was my the kitchen tea. Best. Yeah. So they sprung on me like, we're going to, Becky had this like idea. We are just going to like stress Becky out and show up with all these Valentine's decorations. Well, that was and intentional because if we had brought it up beforehand, she would have like, mm hmm obsessed about the details and yes. Carrie and I were like we got this we know what to do we're yeah. intentionally not going to tell her so she cannot obsess and say no <laughs> this was pre-recovering perfectionism yeah this was definitely an interesting experience and the look for on me. her face when we we're like we have all this stuff and we're setting up a tablescape for Valentine's Day and we're taking pictures and this is how we're going to market it she was like oh, okay uh, okay it was okay. so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. Well, here's why I'm bringing that up because I, you guys probably remember the story. If you listen to every episode, you've heard this story. But on the other side of that, um, I totally went to Target and I totally got some things for my own Valentine's tablescape because Becky bought all the stuff for herself. We, we mm-hmm. styled my table because we were having a team meeting there. We took the pictures. We moved on. Becky took her stuff. But I was like, you know what? Becky is a good example to me of, of creating moments. And I believe that I am also good at that, but in a different way. Right. Like we have different Different expressions angles. of the same thing. Yes, yeah. different expressions of the same thing. That's a great way to put that. Dang it. You're so good with words. <laughs> um, but no, I, I felt deeply inspired by this personal friend in my life who like was literally, I've never created a tablescape. Yeah, I've put gifts on the table for Valentine's, like like mm-hmm. most moms, like that's, you know, just kind of right. a thing, that's fine. But I felt more inspired to create a memory with it. And right. my kids loved it, loved it. And so my point in all of that is like, your back to school dinner. I don't know that we've ever had like a formal, like mm-hmm. this is our back to school dinner, but I'm totally going to pull that off this year. And I'm going to make sure that it's like, tablescaped mm-hmm. I may or may not have a table it's fine time, which is fine because actually yeah. I won't I, I won't because it would happen this Sunday or Monday or Tuesday well right? and that's the but thing, I'm though. gonna decorate the booth to do it before I think I've done the back to school dinner two weeks into school if oh, we were okay. like super but when like when we, when we say tablescape I'm talking like I parent in moments because for me a moment is so much more manageable than like 
a long stretch of time. I can do moments and I find when I focus on the moments, I'm able to be way more present in the good things and also move on from the bad things way quicker than when I'm like, when it's this huge culmination of everything. So like, I I love our black stone wrap. You can use chalk markers on it and make it work for every holiday. So fun. And one time I put like rulers at every, on every plate and like did a little thing that said you rule, like just wrote it in Sharpie, like just dumb, like things we put like pencils on the table or like, it's just silly. Here's the thing. Like just fun things. So here's why I love that is because I need my fellow perfectionists to listen, to lean in, because this is what I'm talking about. The perfectionist side of me would look at a situation like that and be like, that's super cute and I'm super happy for you, but what are we going to use those rulers for? Because they don't all need new rulers. And I would get caught up in the details of like, but that's not practical because I'm a super practical perfectionist. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like it has to make sense. Mm -hmm. You hear me say that all the time. This has to make sense, which is a perfectionist tendency. And so what I love about how I have felt inspired by just the idea of doing something as silly or seemingly silly as like creating this back to school dinner is like none of that matters. The point is to create a moment, right? to create an experience of my family who none of them are little kids anymore. They're 10 to 16, right? ages 10 to 16. But what their response was in reaction to the Valentine's tablescape, like I, that was it. That was it. Yeah. And for me, I learned like that, that really does matter. And whether they express it in ways that I need them to, right. like, isn't even the point. I could totally tell. No one wrote you a thank you note. What? What thank you note? Oh, I never wrote like, you a thank from, you note? No, I mean from like your tablescape. Like nobody said, mom, thank you so much for <laughs> your careful planning. No, they wrote about it in their journal. my life. They wrote about it in their journal. It's fine. I'm pretty sure my kids didn't write about it in their journal, <laughs> but they smiled and they had a good time. <laughs> exactly. And they just won't forget. That's, I think, what I keep thinking about when I yes. think about the ticking clock is mm-hmm. like our kids aren't with us forever, sadly. Um, in terms of under our roof, of course they're with us forever, but like they're not under our roof forever. And so yeah. I want to create these moments and the, and these memories and really cultivate these experiences mm-hmm. that they will, as adults look back and go, my mom made things special. My mom made me feel special because she did these things. And I'm not saying it has to be materialistic. I'm talking about laying yes. in bed and snuggling and talking about your day at the end of the day. Yeah. Like just little, little things. I think that that kind of stuff is what I'm talking about when I say begin with the end in mind. As mm-hmm. we go into the school year, what is the end result? At the end right. of the semester or at the end of the school year, what are the thoughts and feelings you want to have when you reflect back on the year? Right. And how do you want your family and your children to feel when they think back? And right. I can guarantee you a hundred percent of your children are not going to want yucky feelings of mom and dad screaming at them for bad grades. Right. So begin with the end in mind and don't scream at them for bad Don't grades. scream at them for bad don't grades. Don't do that. You can have expectations yes. and consequences that don't involve and little failures in and mind. Yes, for real. Okay. I have more thoughts, but what else did you want to share? Well, I love what you talk about celebrating the moments. I feel like with my kids, one of the things as, as we celebrate and, you know, I love a good like off holiday, but, um, when we celebrate moments, I feel like in my children, it creates the habit of like looking for things to celebrate of creating moments. Right. And I love that. And, and as we do that, Um, I've seen my kids like come, come to us with like, oh, that was so cool. Or like, um, when they do have a good moment at school, like 
you know, I remember Weston in sixth grade started taking Latin, which was like the worst ever. I mean, that was really hard. Claire would agree. I can't help him with that. Like I can memorize, but no. And I remember him getting like a good grade on a test he studied really hard for. And I like made his favorite like dinner, which was probably hamburgers or something not fancy at all. And we just were like, you killed it. Like you did a great job. And and celebrating that win, it just, I think it creates intentional living. What it, it is, it sets the example for our kids that, that you can create the moments you want to have. Yeah. And, and I've seen it make a big difference, not only in my kids, but in how I am viewing like my children, to be honest, like they're not just the sum of like, you know, it's not like you have successes and failures and whatever you have more of, you're either good or bad. Right. right? Totally. Like everybody is having all kinds of experiences and it has helped me to to seek out and emphasize and look for the things that they individually are awesome at. That's what I love so much about this part of our conversation and I do want to emphasize that just because I feel personally inspired to do a back to school dinner because Becky did and I want to create that moment, I just want to remind us as moms that we shouldn't feel pressure to do things because other people are doing them, we should feel inspired wherever and however we feel inspired. Right. So for example, if that's just not your thing, it's not your love language to, you know, do a tablescape or create a special dinner or things. That's not even the point of any of this. It might be to your point, Becky, to just acknowledge in our kids what awesome achievement they had or just Mm -hmm. something good that they did or man you heard that they were so kind to that new kid at school or whatever small accomplishment or Mm -hmm. something that's worth praising just words alone just the way that you speak to your child and validate their awesomeness that's enough well you don't have to do anything big that that is that is individual to you i mean meaningful to me it probably is going to be a dinner because I like doing that. You know what I mean? That's what I like doing and and that's what I'm good at. And so celebrate in the way that that is good for you. But just the point is, is notice and celebrate. Notice Notice and do something. and celebrate. Ooh, love that so much. Okay. Do you want me to share some of my other thoughts? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I feel going back to us being the heart of the home, I have felt a very personal, like individual girl, this has got to be your thing. And what that is, is that I am remembering that my everyday, um, details and decisions like matter so much to my well being. Mm-hmm. And if I've got my crap together for lack of a better term, if I have my stuff in line with like my intentional life, and if I'm doing my very best to cultivate a good life as an individual, I know that that will have a positive impact on my family. So to break it down and tell you exactly what I'm talking about, I've been pondering the patterns. Love it. So my patterns are what I'm talking about are the consistent everyday efforts that I make. And so where I have specifically felt in these patterns is that every day, I don't want this big long list of all the things I think I'm going to do. I'm just telling you like, I want to focus on my to do's and I want to focus on my to be's. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every day it is so completely doable for me personally to choose even just one thing from each of those two lists, Mm -hmm. because you've probably heard people say, well, don't focus on your to-do list, focus on your to-be like, and I, I get it. Like I totally get it, but I also really thrive in productivity. I love being productive. I love creating. I love producing. I love organizing. I love doing projects. I love working. I love podcasting. I love all these things. I like 
developing relationships, right? And so all of these things are important to me and those are to-dos, but I also equally value that I need to be, I need to focus on being a better human, a better version of myself. And so every day, my goal is that if I choose even just one thing from each of those two lists, Mm -hmm. then I'm on the right track. And so an example, just an example um, of to-dos is I'm going to keep a running list of projects for around the house, memory keeping stuff I want to do, documenting stuff I want to do, not to overwhelm myself, but because when I see this list of things, I'm a list maker. So again, this doesn't have to apply to you, but for me, when I see everything in writing, I can totally picture myself waking up, not feeling overwhelmed and saying, even if I choose just one thing from here that I'm going to do, mm-hmm. And then one thing that will help me on my to-be list, which involves things like praying or serving someone or studying the word of God or being really mindful and intentional, even about like the content that I'm creating for social media. All of these things represent my character and who I am as a human. So if I only choose one to do and one to be, then I feel like I am on the right track for myself. And, and you and I both know when we take care of ourselves we are very much better equipped to take care of our families. And so that's what's on my mind is I'm really feeling very clear about what that looks like for myself. And it's not a long list of like, this is all the stuff I got to get done. And I've got to like go full throttle on Mm -hmm. all the things because that's not how I feel. And that's not, it's not realistic. It's not sustainable and it's not empowering. And it's so not. I'm going to be gentle on myself with that. And I I'm think do sometimes it. with to-do lists too, we talked about this in the organization episode is we can look for external validators to like, hear some like inner turmoil that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself to-do lists sometimes fall in this category. And so I love how you talk about making realistic to-do lists beginning with the end in mind, because what you don't want to be doing is creating like, well, the kids are back to school. I'm going to work out four hours a day and my diet's going to be perfect because now I don't have to eat popsicles every day. Which by the way, might be someone's goal. And totally for them, that's might great. be your goal. Not mine, but, but somebody's. <laughs> but when you, that's amazing. I have found myself in times where I have set unrealistic expectations for myself that I am unable to reach, being harder on my children and creating unreal expectations for them. Bingo. Because. Bingo. I am not feeling good about myself. Oh so my gosh. somehow I projected on them like, I don't know. It's kind of messed up. No, you nailed it on the but head. Really? I'm like, seriously, like, yeah. hallelujah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because crew lately, that's his thing. He always says, glory, hallelujah. I'm like, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> it's so random. Turkey. I know. He's just the funnest little, he just says the most random things. And so when he's excited about something, he says, glory, hallelujah. So I'm going to say to what you're saying, glory, hallelujah, because you're totally right. If we set expectations for ourselves that are not realistic, and so therefore we fall short according to the standard that we set for ourselves, mm-hmm. which was a bar set way too high in the first place, well, then how how else are we going to impart that on our families? Of course that's not going to look good because we're frustrated with good. ourselves, and so now we're going to... You gonna... project your frustration with yourself on demanding perfection out of others that they also can't reach, and it becomes, it becomes a really discouraging cycle. Totally. And that's what we're trying to avoid here is we don't want you discouraged. We want you approaching the school year without fear, being proactive in the things um, that are going to be meaningful for your family and approaching it 
just with a joyful heart and with mm-hmm. beginning with the end in mind to create the results you want to have. And perfection is not the result you want to have because you can't have it. Like right. you just can't That's have not it. the goal. The answer is no. We're saying no to perfection. <laughs> shut so, it down. Shut it down now. Seriously, <laughs> shut it down now and make yourself a priority and help your kids to make themselves a priority by helping them develop in ways that are healthy. Mm-hmm. It's really a good thing. Glory. Hallelujah. And we'll have to check in because I'm sure I'm in about three weeks. I'm going to need to check in to see how I'm doing with all this. You know what, Beck? You can check in with me. I think that we as moms can check in with each other. I think that maybe you and I should probably check in on Instagram Mm -hmm. and like share our progress with this on social media. I think it's probably not a bad idea for us to talk about how in this episode we had this conversation. We feel really good about it personally and together recording and all of that. But like a few weeks in, how are we doing? And, and what course correcting do we need and yeah. what adjustments need to be made? Because I guarantee we can set out with the best intentions and some adjustments will need to happen. This is not about failing. This is not about screwing up. And this is definitely not about falling so far off the course that you can't get back on where you wanted to. This is simply like, let's be intentional. Let's set some parameters. Let's set some goals ourselves with our families, but then get into it. Give yourself some grace for heaven's sakes. Oh, for sure. Give yourself not just grace, but also space to like figure it out and to adjust. Because I'm telling you, this year's not going to look like last year. Mm -hmm. Your child's teacher is different than last year's teacher probably. And your child is different than who they were last year. And you are different than who you were last year. So give yourself that grace and that space to just adjust a little bit as you go. And I, uh, and I think we should check in with each other. I think that is a fantastic idea. And I think you should also just like give me your best recipe so I can make the fantastic dinners that Kate, you make for When I make fantastic dinners though, mm-hmm. oftentimes my family hates them. Let me tell I you the love kind them. of dinners my family likes. <laughs> Corn dogs. Steak and potatoes. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Spaghetti and meatballs. There like, you go. When I get fancy, they're like, this is great mom. Thanks. Right. They like the simple. And so I try mm-hmm. to honor that. Yeah. Tater tots and hamburgers, if that's what's going to make you smile. I don't want to go too philosophical, but I think you just, as we wrap up this conversation, I think you just nailed something on the head. Kids like simple. I think we as humans innately thrive in simple. And so yeah, we try to make everything as complicated as I think there is something else like, and I don't know if this is, it has to be cultural because I don't believe that this is like who we are, but I think sometimes we think as long as I'm stretching myself so much that it hurts, then it's the right thing. Right. But like, I can speak I'm all to about that. discomfort, but sometimes the simple is just, no, I think always not sometimes. Yeah, I think you're probably always right. the simple is the right. So if you aren't even sure where to start with like what direction you need for yourself as your kids go back to school or what direction to share with your family, maybe just consider that. Maybe just consider that the most simple, most basic things that your family needs, and we're not going to tell you what those are because that's for you to decide, but whatever that looks like for you needs to happen. And I'm going to kind of close out that thought with one specific example because it's specific to me, and I Mm -hmm. wouldn't say everyone needs to do this, but I have felt that something that's been missing in my life is writing in my kids' journals. And I have this a notebook for each child, right? You know this. I, mm-hmm. If you go to the blog at BeckyHiggins.com, yes, yes, yes. you can search We Noticed Kids Journals or something like that because I call them We Noticed. I, this summer, are you kidding me? During the move and the travel and all this stuff going on, like that's been the last, I don't even know where the notebooks are. Actually, I do know where they are, but it's been the last thing on my mind. And I 
crave doing something that is so simple. It takes me two minutes. These are not long journal entries, yeah. but for me, what it makes me as a more intentional version of myself as a mother than if I were not doing it. And so that is an example, an illustration of something that is so small and so simple that does not need to be overwhelming, that fills my cup. It makes me look at my children with more gratitude and with more awareness of how much I love them. And so I look forward to that. I love it. And also, will you make me a notebook? I will. I want an I notice notebook. I know. Just saying. <laughs> You're being serious. I'm totally I'm serious. I'm a notebook. Well, I mean, I, I've really had good intentions of doing this for my husband first. So before I start one for you, I want to do one for David. Fine. Because maybe I'll make I David notice do one for things. <laughs> you know what his first entry would be? I noticed you also love black licorice. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. He, he will totally just every other journal entry would be Becky Profit. Thank you so much for bonding with me over black licorice. And obscure foods. <laughs> and Italian and, soda. Yes. And, okay. Well, you guys, listen, we hope that you feel inspired um, in some way. I, that's what we always say, but it's really what we feel because it's not about what we're talking about. It's about whatever you're feeling and whatever nudges and impressions and promptings you feel in your little heart. So Go act on that. that start off the school year go make it start off on why i'm really like tongue-tied right you're now you're struggling Jeez, with this very never deep like thought that. it's so good you i got just this can't get it out i was just gonna this. say <laughs> that starting off the school year in the right headspace is so much more important than the organization um that mm-hmm. certainly is also important but starting off in the right headspace for yourself and helping your family to kind of like you said, take ownership of the goals and expectations you have is going to serve you so much better Totally, than trying to strong arm your way through the school year. It's true. Part of cultivating a good life is kicking off the school year with intention and doing it like a boss like you are. That's right. You've got this, girls. And everyone's going to love you. It's and you're true. not going to have to nag people and have anxiety at night. <laughs> you're going to be a hero. welcome. <laughs> you're going to be a hero. You know, we've got your back. We sure do love you guys. And we will be with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's start again. That was bad. <laughs> Can you believe? I cannot Kay. believe it. I cannot right. believe. Okay. I need you to feel a lot of pressure. Like you need to start this <laughs> off on the right note. Don't it's screw fine. up, Everyone's here is going to suck if, if I don't start Profit, this off right. Get it together. Okay. <laughs> we seriously commend every mother for the marathon that is BAP. Crap. Okay, I'm going to start again. BAP. Okay. Back to school time. Wait. Wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait i got thrown off okay all right okay okay oh. it's fine it's fine okay okay so head to rylapack.com and treat yourself to a friend <laughs> oh my gosh hold on i'm just gonna do that part over <laughs> so close think of how socially relevant you're gonna be though i know am i gonna be socially relevant or am i gonna sound like an old lady trying to be cool no treat i say yourself. in real life is from treat yourself you know what it's from i got Parks it and Rec. i got it i don't watch parks and rec i have no i've never even seen an episode 
Is that where it's from? Yes. That can't claim yourself. That's because you're socially irrelevant. Obviously. You need to watch it. Okay. So funny. Okay, here we go.